Smithies, are they booing me? Uh, no, they're saying boo-urns. Boo-urns. Are you saying boo or boo-urns? Boo! I was saying boo-urns. First off, have you guys seen How Hungry Are You with Debo? No, I haven't watched it yet. No, you haven't. I need to watch <laughs> yeah. it. I heard it's like the second, it's so good. first or second best episode other than the, the Kawhi episode. Wow. I mean, the, the Kawhi episode is funny, but I mean, honestly, the, also the Debo one is funny. Like the first Debo one was really funny too. Mm. I think we had like cricket fried rice or something. I forget. I'm not too sure, but oh, that was that was incredible. So would you say this is the best one? It's up there. It's up there. I didn't watch it. It's up it. there. My favorite How Hungry Are You episode is with the bench mob. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. Was that like, was my favorite too. Yeah. 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 So if you, yeah, if you guys, there's tons of clips out there that uh, I think, yeah, Serge asked Debo if the Raptors were to, or do you want me to spoil it for you? <laughs> it's no, just, I'm, it's I'm a good small moment. I'm good. I, yeah, I'm I'm you, Dre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Part. So it, the, honestly, the best part for me was when he asked, DeRozan, if the Raptors were to give him the exact same contract that the Bulls did, would he come back to Toronto? And then as after some debate, uh, DeRozan was like, if Kyle Lowry was there. And oh. then like that, they kind of like, you know, pulled on the heartstrings oh. a little bit because <laughs> I know. And then he's like, if, if, if Lowry was there, because he said that, you know, because F Fred and OG and Siakam, they're all there too, but they've deserved and earned the position that they're in to like lead this team he cemented his legacy as a raptor and now it's their turn mm -hmm. and i thought that was such a beautiful moment <laughs> and i'm like oh i would love i would love to have derozan back at, you know and of course larry back but i mean knowing that answer that also helps you know the feeling of he's probably not going to come back as a Raptor, which is okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay to him and it's okay for the, for Raptors fans like us. And it was a beautiful moment, man. So if you have a chance, you've got to watch that, man. Mm -hmm. he, he also FaceTimed Lowry too, which is really funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Between, uh, yeah, no. between that and I still haven't seen uh, Dre, what you were, the, the Lakers one, the winning time. Oh yeah. Oh man. I, I'm hearing more and more about it. I'm like, I need to make time for this, but I just, I haven't. It's just, Oh, I heard it's good. Oh, yeah. So far, yeah. it's been really good. Really, yeah. really good. It's only been one episode, but like already the little that I've seen, I'm like hooked on it. It's just done so enigmatically. Doesn't it come out every Friday? Or no? Every uh, Sunday, I think. Oh, Sunday. Okay. Every Sunday. I love how um, uh, even streaming services are now doing the weekly thing. Like they, I, I don't know. Netflix usually, you know, you know, releases a show and they release like twelve episodes at one time, right? So you can just binge watch it as much as you mm -hmm. want. But there's something about waiting for a weekly show. Like remember when, um, first the last dance came out, uh, when, uh during the you know during lockdown and we were watching michael jordan and there was no basketball on and we finally got to have some basketball in their lives and the fact that you wasn't bingeable there was something magical about that <laughs> mm -hmm. that just the anticipation of waiting and waiting and waiting for that day and that time when you can watch it it's kind of like you have a scheduled out when you're going to watch these shows so no dre you know i haven't seen uh, the showtime either but i'm assuming it's really really good oh yeah it's uh I mean, it's HBO, which usually is a really good sign. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why it's like on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. because HBO, no matter what with HBO Max or their connection to Crave, they're still going to be releasing stuff one at a time, which mm -hmm. um, I feel like is for the best because, uh, you know, biases included, HBO is like the best, the best. So like I, I would be nonstop watching this stuff as soon as it came out. And I think it's for the best that I don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> nice nice man um what okay oh and also i heard so you said that you dre you went to go see the premiere 
of turning red, which actually comes up. So suffice to say, we're recording this on March 11th on a uh, on a Friday, which means that the Raptors are playing tonight in Phoenix, which also means that turning red comes out for Disney Plus. It came (laughs) out already. Exactly. It came out already. So the reason why I'm so excited is because it represents it's Toronto based. It's the first Toronto based Pixar movie. uh, And it's about like coming of age. Like uh, it's about puberty. It's about like Asian representation. And I'm so about this movie. Uh, Dre, you already saw it. How was it? Honest, like no bias aside. No, like I honestly thought it was hilarious. And, um, you know, when I wrote about it on Films Fatale, uh, you know, shameless plug there. Hey, I feel hey, like, plug uh, it. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, hey, I feel like, um, you know, I wrote there and I still feel the same way a few days later. I got a chance to see it in a theater and people mm-hmm. were just like, there's different types of laughter. You know, like there's like the type of laughter in a the theater where you laugh and it's like, okay. But then there's like that infectious laughter where it's like, oh my God, now that like that person's like, it sounds like they're falling into the aisles. Like this film, I'm not going to say it's the funniest film I've ever seen, but I'm going to say that it's so uncomfortably funny that I feel like it's such an electrifying atmosphere, like a theater. It just is perfect because it's, it's beyond just puberty. Like this is um, like, this is basically like a young, like a, like a teenager, like, you know, reaching womanhood in a, in a whole series of ways, whether it's like her discovery of boys or actually like receiving, you know, her first bounce of menstruation. Like it's a very mature Pixar film and hmm. it's handled so hilariously. There's still a lot of heart in it and the moments that got me like really emotional, but its priority is to be a sillier, funnier Pixar film, which you just typically don't see. Or if that happens, is they're not really good. Um, like... I won't lie. Like I do prefer a lot of other Pixar films. So when it comes to these ones that aren't really meant to like, have you like in absolute tears or whatnot, and they put fun first, it's one of the better Pixar films for sure. It's not like a Wally or Ratatouille or Toy Story or anything like that. Um, Right. But it's like leagues better than like, let's say Luca or the good dinosaur, that sort of thing. Like 10,000 times better than the cars. Oh God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, um, and, uh, you know, the film again, so much Toronto pride. So you see Toonies and Loonies, you see Timbits like, and it takes place in the early 2000s. So it's like nostalgic for us too. So it's like, you know, old style Timbits and you see, uh, you know, the first initiation, the first integration of the blue $5 bill and that sort of stuff. But oh, then you also see the Sky Dome and it's actually called the Sky Dome. I, I thought I saw that in the trailer. I was like, wait a second, why is it called Sky Dome? I love this. I love this already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for us personally on this pod to segue this out, um, you literally see, obviously, no logos of any sort used, but you literally see Vince Carter jerseys, purple, pinstriped, oh, number 15. Oh my god, it was so nice to see. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to watch I this. I may or may not be watching this tonight. Maybe. <laughs> Same. 100%. Same. Oh man. So, uh, okay. Thank you for the segue, but also if you, that was like a little bit of teaser of what you guys would find from the Films Would Tell website and podcast. You you do a great job. Man, oh, thank honestly. you so much. That's why I wanted to give you a little bit of shine when it comes to turning red because it's also Toronto Raptors or Toronto based. Anyways. Um, Welcome to the That's a Rap podcast, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. It's good to finally have all three of us back. Uh, it's hard, you know, for all three of us. We we have things going on. You know, we're, we're all three of us are juggling multiple things, uh, dogs, kids included and everything included. It's it, it's a time. But, you know, when we do have a chance to even just talk, you know, sometimes we'll talk about the Raptors. Yes. Well, most of the time we talk about the Raptors, yes. But other times, it's nice to just catch up with my boys. And eventually, we will be together in one room again, like we did that time when we went to um, the office, Jay's uh, Scotiabank office. You remember that, man? Jeez. Remember um, offices, for one? Well, what is, what is uh, an office? I'm not sure. All I know it's is a, a TV home show. Office, but... Actually, there are two TV shows. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where now, it's located because I don't recognize any of those settings. But yeah, all I know is Pam and Jim and and Dwight Schrute. That's all I know about the office. Um, but for this podcast in general, we talk about the Toronto Raptors. So if you are new to this show, welcome. Uh, we try to talk about Toronto Raptors as much as possible, but sometimes we just want to shoot the shit, and other times, you know, we talk about. 
Pixar movies. But today, I'm going to talk <laughs> about the Raptors. And the Raptors right now, uh, they came off a pretty impressive rim against the Spurs. And thank God they didn't have be were on the, uh, as he, they've put it, the other side of a headline where Greg Popovich is still on the hunt for being the number one winningest coach in NBA history. We didn't give him that. The Raptors didn't give him that. Um which I'm very thankful for, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, it's impressive. It's I, I you know, I, I know I didn't. This isn't part of the schedule, but like, I want to ask you guys really quickly: if he does, and when he does, when Greg Popovich becomes the most winning his coach, passes, um, oh, Don Nelson. I had it in the top of my head. Don yeah, Nelson. Don Nelson yeah. I had Nelson in my head. But I was like Neil Nelson. That doesn't really. Uh, Don Nelson. When he does passes as number one coach, will he retire this year? I think he still has a year left in him, to be honest. But really? like, at most, at most, a year left in him. I think, um, I think Popovich is the type of guy to not give up. We're starting to finally see some sort of a turnaround with Dejounte Murray and the rest of the Spurs right. squad, where they're not looking abysmal; they're looking like they're working towards something. I feel like once you know he's going to do the Tim Duncan thing. Once it's capable and you know, bound to be successful in somebody else's hands, he's going to pass it off and then call it a day. I think, cool. yeah. I yeah. know what, actually, when I when I was writing up this week's wrap-up and previewing the Spurs game, I instinctively started writing that this is his last season. And then as I was proofreading, I'm like, wait a second, is it actually his last season? Does it ever say it anywhere? And it, it doesn't. So, um, right, right. Yeah, so I, I, I would believe, I, maybe I, it's it's how I think, it should end. It's like, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence with this, Dre. Like, I see your point. Like, I could see this not being his last and, and continuing to try it out. But at the same time, like, really, like, what else is there left for him to accomplish? Like, I also like, want him to crush the record because, like, three games or whatever above, like, don't do the reverse Lenny Wilkins. Like, Lenny Wilkins being two games behind, like, that's just brutal. Like, yeah, two yeah. wins behind. So I want him to crush mm. it. Like, at least, like, Oh god, there's not that many games left. Uh, <laughs> um, he just one needs more. Season. Oh yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, one more uh, season, please. <laughs> and and to stick with the the Don Nelson thing, does uh, Eric Kareen wrote about it on the Athletic? But did you guys remember when Don Nelson set the record? He said it against the Raptors. Uh, he said it against the Raptors. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, oh. and Eric Kareen goes one step further, and and this is a part I completely forgot about was it's the game where they were uh, again the Warriors were. We're up by one on on the the Raptors. Chris Bosh and, and Sonny Weems actually stole the inbound pass. There was two seconds left. Dished it off to Bosh, wide open underneath, and he missed the layup. Oh, and oh, that's the one. That's that the was game. the Don Nelson win. So not only was uh. it Don Nelson becoming the winningest coach, it was also the very last game Chris Bosh played at Air Canada Center. Oh, uh. so a wow. double, triple, quadruple whammy on that one, and like. I did My not need goodness. to be taking out that memory lane, but now you all have to suffer with me. But thanks for that reminder, okay. Eric Kareem uh, yeah. of The Athletic. Well, furthermore, <laughs> yeah. if it's any consolation, it would have been a trifecta because Lenny Wilkins technically also screwed over the Raptor by, you know, not winning many games with us. So I feel like that was a part of it too. So <laughs> I feel like that was a part of it too. That's why I felt like it was fate that Popovich would, would defeat the Raptors, right, and get the win against Toronto. So I'm glad it wasn't. I'm glad the team is kind of back on some winning ways and technically even yeah. if popovich didn't beat us how many wins well not many let's be honest but how many wins did he get with like so much of our roster over the years especially in the last couple so there's there's <laughs> raptors blood all over this thing there is. there is <laughs> i want to say the winningest coaches for the raptors are just uh Dwayne, nick and sam was sam mitchell was he over 500 for the raptors i think so uh, I don't think it was that bad. At least at points. I don't know about in total, but then again, then again, some of these coaches have had to deal with a lot. So let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. a lot of that's true. Uh, <laughs> Dwayne Casey definitely is the wingiest. Um, yeah, well, only because of the years. Yeah, longevity wise. Yeah, yeah exactly. and I think second to him in wins is Sam Mitchell. So those are your top mm. three. Nick mm. Nurse is gonna. You know, considering and hoping that he stays with us, I feel like that's going to be an right. easy record to break. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll pass. My assumption to, again, yeah. I I don't know the stats right now, but I think Nick Nurse is percentage wise better. Oh, well, well, percentage wise, he's one of the best of all time, actually. 
Wow. Yeah, well, the, wow. The, Tampa season, the Tampa season really did hurt. But like leading into the yeah. Tampa season, he was number one all time. But yeah, Oh, my Tampa God. Season. Tampa season doesn't count for anybody. I know. For anybody. Anybody in that organization doesn't count. Like trying to, getting through it was the accomplishment. Yeah. Not rec- recording anything. I just think getting through it. Okay. Anyways, Raptors now. Raptors today. They're about to, uh, they are on the road trip. And the last we spoke, uh, Jay and I were talking about how this may not be the worst road trip to date for the Raptors. I mean, I know there are only a couple of games left, um, at least under, you know, how many games? 64. I can't really do the math right now. We're at 17 games remaining. 17 games remaining. Okay, thank you. This is not going to be the make or break season or make or break of the season. Uh, however, they are on the road in the West Coast. And they're playing the Suns today, the the very scorching hot Suns. If you guys remember, last time we played the Suns, we did very well. We didn't come up with the W, but we played very well. Uh, last time we didn't have... Uh, we, we didn't have Gary Trent Jr., but we also we did have OG and uh, Ananobi during that game who who had a game high twenty five. Today, no no OG, um, but we have you know Gary Trent kind of coming back. Uh, Fred VanVleet is back after his uh, stint with the knee injury, and Scotty Barnes. This is who the guy I want to talk about. Scotty Barnes. If I want to throw some propaganda out there, uh, Dre. For if you wanted to do a comparison between Scotty Barnes and Giannis Antetokounmpo at age 20, okay, the comparisons are crazy. From uh, Raptors community on Instagram, points per game, Scotty Barnes at 15, Giannis at, at again, again at, at this age at 20 was at 12. Rebounds per game were pretty close, seven for Scotty, uh, 6.74. For Giannis, assists per game, 3.3 for Scotty, 2.6 for, for Giannis. Steals per game, 1.1 for Scotty, 0.9 for uh, Giannis. Rebounds, a block. Giannis so that has last, The next one's actually blocks. It cuts it off oh, is it, in the image. Is it yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, there you go. F- uh, field goal percentage, literally the same. Wow. 49.0 and 49.1, respectively. Free, free throws, literally the same. 41, 4, 74% and 74.1, respectively. Three point percentage, thirty point six for Scotty, fifteen point nine for Giannis. Let the propaganda begin. Already, Giannis two point Well, I'll say a couple of things, and this is not playing devil's advocate or anything. First off, when Giannis came into the league, there weren't really any eyes on him. He was like coming off the bench. You know, he he had to get to where he was go. You know, he had to get to where he was going, and he eventually got there. Having said that. People were also undermining Scotty Barnes because people were upset that we didn't grab a certain somebody else. So hey, listen, listen, <laughs> we were all upset. Okay, <laughs> don't point any Come fingers. On, not me. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Giannis was a part of a Bucks team that needed a lot of help, a lot of help. So he had to forge his own path. Scotty Barnes is a part of a Raptors organization that we honestly thought was going to be let's just say it worse than they are right now. He's mm-hmm. kind of allowed to blossom both, you know, as a leader, you know, at such a young age, but also, you know, as a part of this team, that's all figuring it out together. I feel like while there are some discrepancies at the same time, I feel like we both, you know, in both instances, there are these opportunities to grow. And if this is Scotty now, and he still has yet to grow, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just, oh my goodness. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's going to be the exact same as, as what Giannis Antetokounmpo pulled off, but I feel like this, the sky is the limit, and it's it's so nice. I And if we're going to compare the two, one glaring difference to me is is his actual physical makeup. Scotty Barnes is much stronger than Giannis. Giannis was still a stick. I just, yeah, when he, when he came into the age. league, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that's that's a product of like conditioning and and the way the a lot of these players are, are built now, right? They're they're working out and they're they're building in those uh, those NBA ready bodies at a much earlier age. So, yeah, I I, I I'm gonna get caught up in this propaganda. I'm telling you that right now. Like, the, <laughs> this is not the first time I've done the Barnes Giannis comparison, but like now that we have the numbers to back it up, it's just gonna fuel the propaganda even more. Yeah, he's 
watching him play particularly against the Spurs, the Spurs don't really have the best defense, but at the same time, like he's, they're trying to throw anybody at him, like Perto in particular. And the fact that Barnes has the dribbling touch already, the fact that Barnes can finish in both hands, right and left, you know, very, very well. Uh, He's basically ambidextrous. And the fact that he's this tough that, you know, put a guard on him, put a a big guy in, it doesn't really matter. And I think that the entire organization is seeing this not only from the executives themselves, but also the players and the the people who are around him all the time. And even Fred in the post game, this post or the the Spurs post game, he said, quote, he's really tough cover for pretty much anybody when he puts his head down and goes to the basket with his touch and his skill being able to shoot over guys. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. And it's, it's so true watching him, his, his three point, when he was shooting the, the mid range and the three point touch, you know, in the beginning of the season, that was nice. It was, it was really cool because everyone was like, Oh, look at all the naysayers saying that he didn't have a shot. I mean, let's be real. He doesn't really have that good of a shot just yet, but he knows what his strengths are. And he's still growing every single game. He's still growing. He's still learning. And he is surpassed uh, by far the amount of games that he's played already in college. And he, you know, he just, he, he doesn't have the conditioning just yet to play, you know, a full 48 like uh as you know full speed ahead but i mean it it's gonna come it's gonna come and and yeah i think you're right dre when we're we're talking about the propaganda in comparison to Giannis, um i don't think the bucks were in a position at the time when he was drafted to like bring him up uh the way that scotty is today i think this they still aren't jason they still aren't equipped hey the toronto raptors (laughs) is literally the best fit for someone like Scotty. Uh, the sky is the friggin' limit. And I don't, I, I knock on wood, I don't want to think too high on this. But I mean, is, is, is MVP in, in too much to ask for for this guy in a couple of years? Like, I'm really, really excited about this kid. I think one thing to look out for for him is... is... Um, it's a progression, right? I mean, before we even start to think about MVPs and all all NBA and all that stuff, it's it's his progression towards his impact on the floor. And uh, you know, defensively, he's he's got to work on his his point of attack defense. I mean, interior, he's great. He's got that strong body. He 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 can handle some centers in the league. Offensively, and I think you want to talk about this, Jason is. Is he ready to take on a, a larger workload, right? Should, mm. should mm-hmm. there was a game a couple of uh, weeks ago where I, I can't remember who was against. Was it against the Nets where he started off 11 for 11? Uh, I can't remember Ooh. who it was against. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I want to say. Was, I, know I know the game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was Brooklyn. And, and the listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. But each of those 11 field goal attempts, none of those were designed plays for him. And right. You know, it it begs the question of does do the Raptors need to design more plays for him? Uh, I don't know the answer to that. I lean towards no. I don't think he's ready for that yet. I think he's mm-hmm. close to it. Dre, do you think there should be more plays designed for him, or is does he fit with where he currently is at, which is cleaning up some messes, uh, taking over at the end of the shot clock sometimes, taking advantage of of the mismatches if he gets them. I. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we're doing, I mean, some of our win-loss ratio recently wasn't fantastic, but I feel like we're still in the right vicinity of where we should be. I feel like this is a team that is slowly finding its own and distributing all of its all of its elements pretty evenly, and we're, we're figuring it out. So, like, a lot of my favorite teams of all time, um, and these aren't franchises. I mean, like specific teams include like the uh, the championship Detroit team of 2005, um, 2004, 2005, which one, whichever one it is. Um, you know, like the, the Mavericks when Dirk won the championship. These are teams that everybody knows their role. And if somebody were to go down, somebody else would pick it back up. I feel like relying too heavily on Scotty Barnes. Right now, what we have is a blessing where we didn't know we had it. Can't Scotty Barnes turn around and become the face of the franchise yes can he do it rather quickly 
absolutely. I feel like let's not try and over encourage that right now. I feel like this gestation of the Raptors team as a team is looking really good. And I feel like heading in that direction still where he knows his current place. That's the way I feel about it. And especially when there's only like 17 games left or whatever, let's get to adjusting if need be come playoff time or play in tournament time. Should Mm -hmm. we uh, need to do the tournament? I feel like that's where maybe we can like, if need be, and we need to do some emergency emergency situations. Like if we're down three Oh to like the heat or something, I don't know for eight, I don't know. Um, then let's uh, throw some Hail Marys and try to figure out something. But as of right now, I feel like it's just so far into the season. We're looking pretty good. Um, leave that for the future. Let's let's really, really overexert Scotty Barnes in the future and see what we can do with him. I feel like right now we should I, just stay as is. I also agree with that 100% because I think that Scotty is uh, very much like a, a – you know feel the game out kind of player um you know also i think this last few games of seeing him shine when he needs it is the uh recipe of not having all your starters there like without og there he's og has a lot of touches gary Trent has a lot of touches pascal of course and fred as well and then so you probably don't need to run a lot of stuff for scotty if any because he's going to be there regardless he knows how to crash the board he knows how he's a really good rebounder he's a really good finisher you don't necessarily need to get him uh going because he knows how to get it uh do it on himself for himself and the raptors are a very good transition team too so whenever you know when we need something going i feel like the you know either 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 scott is going to get the rebound and go uh you know transition himself or they're going to find him when there's a defensive breakdown and then scotty has a mismatch down low regardless i don't think there's a need for for nurse to call certain plays mm-hmm. quote unquote for scotty barnes i think that he just knows when to flourish when need be and allowing you know someone like pascal of and fred they have to get their touches but scotty will get his eventually and it doesn't mean that we have to like call a timeout and call a play for scotty mm-hmm. yeah yeah and you know as it pertains to what you guys were saying about you know if and when that would be required and andre you were referencing you know what if we're down 3-0 in a playoff series um, you know, I was, I was taking a look at the standings and it, it looks, it's looking more and more like the Raptors are, are honing in on that seventh seed. So currently the Raptors are three games behind the Cavaliers and the, they have a, a tougher schedule than the Cavaliers. So trying to catch Cleveland might seems like a taller task, especially after last Sunday's loss to them. And then looking behind the Raptors in eighth place are the Brooklyn Nets. They're the closest ones. They're two games behind the Raptors. But let's also remember that they have 15 games left. Ten of those are at home. Why is that relevant? Because of the five road games. Those are the only ones that Kyrie is allowed to play in. Wow. Make that four games because one of those is against New York Knicks where they also have uh, the, the the vaccination Demanded. mandate there right so mm-hmm. so literally there's four games left that Kyrie is allowed to play in i don't foresee a scenario where brooklyn despite kd's greatness are able to catch the raptors so it's looking like the raptors are locked in at seven which means they're hosting the play-in mm-hmm. yeah like yesterday for instance i don't accredit that to strictly being brooklyn being good i i feel like Harden playing like absolute dog crap and just the, the Sixers <laughs> really, really not showing up. I feel like that was more why they won yesterday. Otherwise, the track record for Brooklyn has been really bad lately. So, And then they're trying to work back. I mean, there, there's a couple of things with them. They really are an enigma, right? With everyone healthy, they should be a championship contender. Should be. Uh, but as long as these mandates are in place, Kyrie will continue to be a part-time player. As long as Simmons hasn't touched the floor yet, which he still hasn't, th- he's also an enigma in and of himself. So I guess my question to you guys is, um, you know, is there an ideal play-in opponent that you, you'd like? And if that team happens to be Brooklyn, because that's what it's looking right now, 
do the Raptors have a chance? Jason, over to you first. <laughs> That's such a hard question. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure I agree with Brooklyn not being able to pass the Raptors mm. for one. I, I do think that with they do have Durant, one of the easiest remaining schedules left. Brooklyn and they have Brooklyn. Yeah, they have the oh, yeah. twenty. They have the third easiest remaining schedule. The Raptors have the ninth hardest remaining schedule. Of course, Brooklyn's got an easy schedule. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> you you know i I mean again uh, schedules are schedules i I don't any team can be any team in any given day um but i also just think that we're two games ahead of the nets right now uh kevin durant is back if you put kevin durant on any if you put kevin durant on the freaking magic they're gonna be fine so I, I don't, and again, I don't know what Ben Simmons is up to. It, he looks fine. I mean, it could be something with his back still, but he looks fine. And you can't discredit the fact that even without Kyrie, you put Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant together, eighth place or not, they're still going to be a terrible, terrible or scary opponent, especially in a playing tournament. I don't. I don't one know. Game. So, it's just a one game. Winner take all. Like I know. I know. Well, it's like, one actually, game. sorry. Winner, winner does not all. take all. Winner just takes seven. A loser still has a chance that's to fair. make it in as the eight seed, right? That's so. fair. Yeah. Well, one other thing to consider is why are the Nets not playing well, and will that pertain to like what's gonna, what is it gonna look like if we face them in the play-in? I feel like a big reason why they're not playing super duper well, you know, relates to the Kyrie being. Uh, you know, like a, like a part-time employee thing. And it relates to what was going on with Harden and now Ben Simmons, who's not been fully integrated yet. Um, I think it's a chemistry thing. And I feel like Steve Nash, I, I still don't even fully know how I feel about him as a coach because the assembly of this team has just been all good on paper, like not proper, not properly executed. And there's injuries too. There's injury and age when you're looking at some of the players like Simmons and Aldridge and obviously KD's, you know, susceptible as well so i feel That's like yeah yeah i feel yeah. like you know are they gonna actually know what to do like and it's one game and you don't get a whole series to figure it out are they gonna gel properly for that one game i don't know yeah yeah and in one, I, I one would, addition to that mm-hmm. point that you made there dre about injuries kd missed i think 20 straight games and they only won five of them that is a huge reason why they dropped off from yeah. number one in the east to now number eight um, and then as mm-hmm. it pertains to the coaching situation and, and the chemistry that you, you bring up, it's it's more because there is no continuity. And again, we saw this with the, the Raptors of, of last season, right? Because there were constantly changing starting lineups and people injured and missing time, there is no opportunity for chemistry, right? So uh, in, in a one-game playoff, I'm trusting Nick Nurse over Steve Nash, right? Like that's – there is – experience there is a history behind that right there there are numbers that back this up that nurse has the playoff experience that nash currently doesn't have as a coach agreed (laughs) agreed do i does it getting back to uh the fact that the brooklyn nets still have time to surpass the raptors i depend i don't know it's hard to say man I'll add this to you because I'll, I'll, I'll side with you on the Brooklyn can catch Toronto, but let's just say this Brooklyn, yes. if Brooklyn does pass Toronto and let's say that it's Brooklyn that finishes seventh and the Raptors who finish yeah. eighth, that does not change Kyrie missing the game unless New York state does change their mandate in time for that to happen. Right. That, that still mm. hasn't happened yet right now. It's changed where he can, attend games as a spectator now whereas before yeah. he wasn't but he still cannot play just just something to keep in mind when we're trying to debate okay do you, so heart of hearts do you think that's gonna change the the new york law yeah that's or, or yeah. even even the canadian one as it currently stands i would not count on Kyrie playing in a play-in game if they were facing toronto yeah i don't either I don't know. However, okay, here here's the longer standing question, okay? I don't think that the, you know, I could be eating my words and I really hope I don't, but 
if we let's say that the seven a you know no matter what if nets are seventh or raptors are seventh or whatever um if we don't get out of that first uh play in we're gonna have to play either the hornets or the hawks i don't think the i don't think the wizards or the knicks are gonna get up to the ninth or tenth mm-hmm. but i i do think that we're gonna face i mean we're gonna beat either or now now it depends on who we want to face in the first round the heat or the bucks give me the bucks guy, which, dude you bucks. The bucks, eh? Ooh. i don't care that they're the okay. champions Is the raptors the- have their number yeah I would be That's so fair. confident. I would be overly confident <laughs> if we faced the Bucks. Wow. I'll, I'll tell you right now. And, I, and, you? I, and I'm going to do a, a shameless plug on an article I wrote last month, uh, last week uh, pertaining to DraftKings and their odds is there is a path for the Raptors to get to the NBA Finals. Now, before you start laughing, there wow. are, it's all about matchups, right? Uh, yeah. If the Raptors had not faced the Celtics two years ago, we could be talking about the Raptors as repeat champions. The Celtics were the one kryptonite of that Raptors team. So what I'm trying to get at hmm. is matchups matter. The Raptors could face right. a Cavs team with zero playoff experience. Uh, the, the most playoff experience they have in their starting lineup is Jarrett Allen, who's played six games in a playoff series. And he's also injured at the moment. And he's injured. And, and then the you're, you're looking at uh, <laughs> what if you face the Bulls? Nobody on their starting lineup other than DeRozan, who has a checkered playoff history, has any playoff experience. Again, the longest anyone else has is Vucevic, who's Caruso. never made it past game five of the first round. And then um, you're looking at what if the Raptors face the Bucks? I'm sorry, who? The Bucks, The team that the Raptors <laughs> own? So I'm just saying that matchups matter. So if yeah. the Raptors can get out of that play-in, there, there is a, there is a path there to getting out of the first round or even the second round mm-hmm. if the right opponent is on the other side. I agree to a point where I don't think any of those five want to face the Raptors in the first round. I think no matter what, whoever whoever we're going to face in the first round is going to be one hell of a season. The reason why I want the Heat, okay, I, of course I want to I want to face the Bucks and beat them. But I think the Heat will – that would be the test of strengths. Like, I, I feel like the Heat series would go down to seven no matter what, and it's going to be like a heavyweight championship. Whoever wins against the Heat, I feel like is going to win the championship. That's how I feel. So are you saying the Heat are your, are your East favorites then? No. I think so, mm. yeah. Whoever, beat, whoever beats them is probably going to win it. Drady. I don't have any confidence in anybody in the Western Conference. Maybe maybe the Suns, but I mean, outside of them, like from one to eight, everybody is so good in the but Eastern Conference. Th- but doesn't that mean if, like the Suns for me are the championship favorites in a tier of their own. Like they mm. are the, the hands down favorite and then the next favorite would be someone, whoever comes out of the East, whether it's the Heat. So, it's, so you're saying that like it's it's Suns and then the Eastern Conference and then the Western Conference. That's it. That's, that's the way much. I see it. Yeah. That's how I would break <laughs> them up into tiers is Suns, yeah, yeah, yeah. East Pretty Champ, much. and then, I don't know. I don't oh, know. There, there are flaws this, in each of be, the West teams. Anyways. Yeah. We're, we're it's going to be very interesting. We are. We are. But that's that's the whole point. I love it. I love we're going when we go on a tangent. Okay. Um. Do you guys want to take a real quick break and we'll come back and talk about the, about Ben Simmons? Yes. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Why not? All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll uh, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
That was a great sponsor. I did want to highlight, though, um, I, you know, not too long ago, I think it was yesterday or perhaps the day before, LeBron James giving up an absolute open basket. He was right underneath it and he dished it out. And I can't believe the greatest player of our time, LeBron James, would do that. Having said that, um, it's been done before. Let's move on to Ben Simmons. Oh, oh totally no. unrelated. Let's oh, talk no. about Ben Simmons. <laughs> totally unrelated. Okay, so... Um, I, I was seeing all these okay well, sorry welcome back to that's a red podcast a podcast by raptors fans for raptors fans in the beginning half of this uh episode we were talking about you know the raptors of course and where you think we stand uh in the standings with only 17 games left into the season but i want to talk about the game that happened yesterday on the 10th when obviously the brooklyn nets went into the philadelphia 76ers building got booed heavily uh, not because of Kevin Durant or anything like that, but because of be- someone who isn't even in uniform. And the 76ers got shellacked. Yeah. So, okay. Not first to mention, all, it was also the game where James Harden uh, went up above. Yeah, yeah. Or no, well, he did. But he uh, he moved up to third place in three-pointers ever made above yes, Reggie Miller. So this was going to be a celebratory game anyway. And he proceeded to, <laughs> I don't even think, hit another three. Or he did it for three quarters. It was ridiculous. He was like one for 15. I was like, what happened? You, you, you do one and now you're stuck for third and you're not going to like move up ever again? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pretty pretty much. Um, and then he also, I, I think he went to like a, a, a club after or two. I'm not saying yeah. this is a bad thing. I, I'm definitely not no, saying this. No, I, I know where you're going. going. I, I think it's a bad thing, but but please Do you? <laughs> Okay, because I don't know what birthday party it was for, who was, but I'm pretty sure he went to like a club right after the game in Philadelphia to celebrate somebody's birthday when there was like champagne everywhere and everything like that. So, hey man. James Harden, live your life, bro. Yeah, live he was at life. a party with Lil Baby and Travis Scott uh, right after the game. Was. Um, so I don't know even where to begin with this because the booze were starting even like outside of the Brooklyn Nets hotel room. Like I'm pretty sure Ben Simmons tried to go get a latte from Starbucks. He tried to sneak into the coach, uh, uh, the bus. Uh, well before the team even entered the bus, just to try to get away from the from the stands. But like. All in all, he got the last laugh. Like you saw the pictures, you saw all the gifts, man. He was just standing there laughing it up and and hearing all the booze. He's not even in uniform, man. Like <laughs> it doesn't that matter. was uh, that that was that was it was hilarious. It was hilarious. And I wanted to know, like, I saw these uh, a bunch of tweets uh, uh, yesterday about like where or who was the or where you heard the biggest booze or. Uh, I'm I, of course oh, there's yeah. LeBron coming back to Cleveland. I think that was S. Uh, Vince. S who put that out, right? Was it S? I think Vince it was. Carter going back to Toronto, of course. Uh, there was one uh, not too I, long ago when Dragic came back to Toronto. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that was a full house pen. though, right? <laughs> yeah, it's not. It was it was that was a fun one. Whenever he touched the ball, he the the Raptors fans were basically tracking whenever he had the ball. But oh. do you guys remember uh, one that was like out there? Um, when it comes to like booze or rivalries at all, even it could be the Raptors. It could be the Raptors one. I've got two examples, but I'll let Drake go first. Okay. Oh God. Uh, actually, can you go first? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two. Wait, two examples. So I was actually at uh, Air Canada Center when Tracy McGrady returned, and Ooh, I guess it's different if you're a, there in person. But my yeah. gosh, I don't think I've ever heard as of a the magic. Arena. Yeah, yeah. That was that okay. was something. That was. Definitely yeah. the loudest I'd been, uh, you know, seen that arena get. Um, again, hmm. different in person, but I'd go with that one. Um, and the only other time I could think of a, an incident with booing uh, was that time Hans Molman said boo earns. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was not saying boo earns. I don't know how to read yeah. that. Or, those are two or iconic sure. booing uh, for me. Yes. I'm sure he wasn't the only one saying Boerns either. <laughs> I, what, what about you? Uh, I, my memory might be fuzzy on this, and I wouldn't say that this is iconic, but like like you, Jay, this is one that I was at. So it was, oh God, this was a very long time ago. The Raptors were facing the Timberwolves back when KG was on the team. And for some context, uh, we still had Del Curry. And uh, that's important ah. for a reason. So uh, we made it to overtime. 
and I'm pretty sure we made it even to double overtime. Again, I, I was like maybe 11 or 12. My memory's a little hazy. I'm pretty sure we might have even made it to double overtime or we were going to get into double overtime. And Del Curry with the three tied it up again, either tied it up or got us got us like the lead. I don't recall, but it was right at the buzzer. Clearly got it off in time. Back in the day, mm-hmm. they didn't really review shots like they do now. The arena was so, so mad, so mad. And <laughs> I'll never forget it because it was like in this complete disarray. Like nobody could like, you know, we were so elated that this that this happened and they wrote it off like immediately. They weren't even, you know, finally the refs entertained it. They were like, OK, fine, let's 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 uh, let's reconsider this. And no, it still stood. I, I everybody was so mad. So, so, so bad because I'm pretty yeah. sure we came we came back like we weren't supposed to win this thing. We had a really good shot to. Hmm. Uh, it was uh, March 26th in the year 2000. Wow. So you can find your age there. Okay. So uh, I was, uh, I was 10. Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at, I was looking up as you were speaking here. And, <laughs> I was uh, 10. Wow. Even younger. I don't know when the shot would have happened, but you know, lost by five in overtime. So, uh, that's unfortunate that sucks yeah. well I'm, I'm i'm assuming that like do you do you remember uh that atmosphere though like was there anything like comparable to it um like uh oh like okay so that's why you brought up the boo urns uh i see <laughs> uh, okay um uh uh yeah, when Green Book won Best Picture and everyone was really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's oh, really good. Cool. And is. you can see like Chadwick Boseman in the audience, like looking over to like, you know, his buddy or something. And it's just like, <laughs> you see the shit? You see the shit? <laughs> um, that, that, that is as comparable as this. Like this, this uh, complete and utter disappointment when you were expecting something really good to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel you. I feel. You. I don't think I have a story to top that. You know? <laughs> um, but I remember uh, I went to Game Five of the Brooklyn versus Raptors twenty sixteen. I think it was um, the first time when the uh, that was like you know the Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett yeah. Um, yeah. that whole thing. So I was in Game Five. I was there at Game Five, and we won uh, one fifteen one thirteen, which was great. But the 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 game was so super close and so nerve wracking. Um, four seconds. I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now and reading the play by play, and I'm thinking about it already. Four seconds left. Andre Blatch, remember him? Andre Blatch is at the free throw line, and he makes the first one, misses, and goes up for the second one. And that was probably the loudest I've ever heard. Being being in a crowd to be booing, the room was shaking. You could feel it. Like I was in the nosebleeds, like the the suites at the top, and even like the glass was shaking. The, the, oh my god! The water I had in my cup was like shaking, almost like that scene from Jurassic Park. Like that was the loudest I've ever been in an arena for boos. Andre Blatch misses the second free throw, and uh, we win. So. Oh man, I tell you, I've never been in a situation like that ever before for a Raptors game, mainly because of where we were as a franchise too. Like it's it, this was the post Bosch era, right? This was the new generation. This was the Debo Kyle Lowry, the beginning of that era, and facing the heavyweights that they are now to this day uh, when it came to the Brooklyn Nets and. They were expected to win it all, and we were the underdog, of course. So getting that win and being that atmosphere, best best thing ever. Do you guys remember that game? I don't. Uh, the second you say Andre Blatch, I immediately think of the Philippines because he is. <laughs> he does. He, he does the, play. The, the, I wouldn't, he say, still play I wouldn't there? say he's the pride of, of the Filipino basketball team. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, he's a player. Right <laughs> he's, I mean... I guess by default he's the the best player. Anyways, I'm not going to get into that. That's that's depressing to think yeah. about. Uh, I we'll don't, leave that to when I think Jaylen about that Green series. I always jump straight to Game Seven, though, right? And and yeah. there was a clip. You know, we we're talking about this tweet about you know the the, the loudest booze, and uh, one of the responses was in that same series, but to Game Seven. You know, when yeah. Darren Williams was 
at the free throw line and and uh, fans were just you could just hear it. it's just nuts. yeah 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 and i imagine that's what you felt in game five it uh, was game, it so. was honestly it might have been crazier because it was game seven and he also missed two he missed two in a row too yeah. Um. They. I think they cut to like Paul Pierce too, and had like disappointed face and everything like that. It was. Did he put that was? It's again? bitter. <laughs> probably. It was. Sometimes probably I think about like, you know, uh, Game Seven against the Sixers in the championship season. Like, remember when when Butler was driving down the lane, and I, a part of me was like, at the time, like, just hack him, like, put him. <laughs> I get it. Like, yeah. there's, there's, yeah. you know, there's, he's a, a great free throw shooter, but like, you, you. Put him up against Scotiabank Arena, though, and yeah, oh my gosh, like, Jimmy Butler. Hey, Darren Williams was also he. I, Darren he Williams was be, also right? a great but, like, free throw shooter. Just put put some extra pressure on him, man. Like our crowd yeah. is like the loudest in the entire league. And I say this I, as I, an Embiid like, fan. Embiid, on the other hand, I feel like would have crumbled. Really? Yeah, I think he's a good. Like, he's a good clutch free throw shooter, isn't he? Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just referencing the All-Star game a couple years ago, but... I don't know, I would have more I would have more faith in Jimmy Butler, but then again, I might have more faith in Iguodala over Curry, I don't know. Maybe I'm not reliable. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, okay, Raptors fans, let us know if you've been to not just a Raptors game, but any game, TFC, Toronto Maple Leafs, or even like overseas or anywhere in any sports arena, you felt the cheers and the boos, the loudest you've ever been to. We want to hear the stories. Uh, but until then, Dre, where can we find you, brother? You can find me on Instagram at I am left, E-Y-E-A-M-L-E-F-T. You can also follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S-F-A-T-L-E.com, no spaces. I have ranked every single Academy Awards category. I've got some other uh, homework to do, including uh, ranting about their recent decisions and why they're so irritating. Um, Otherwise, we also have The K-Cut, which uh, is the podcast on the site, and we're discussing more positive Oscar things, maybe, on that. Otherwise... I'm putting up all my best TV series of all time lists. So I've currently got 50 selections of game shows, talk shows, reality shows, all that good stuff. My top 100 episodes of TV history and my top 100 narrative shows coming out early April. Jay, what about you? Wow. Amazing work. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Rosalesaurus, R-O-S-A-L-E-S-A-U-R-U-S. Find my weekly post, the wrap up, which looks at the games of the week on Raptors HQ, which is where you're finding this podcast. I did say boo earns, not boo, but you can <laughs> roll back the tape on that. Um, if you're catching this, and we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, if you happen to catch this as we post it, uh, I will be on Sportsnet Fan 590 at Ooh, 8 p.m. tonight to preview the Suns-Raptors game. Uh, if you're listening to this after, then Hopefully, I didn't make any embarrassing predictions like a Raptors <laughs> upset over Phoenix. But that's hey. where you can find me. Over to you, Jason. Well done. You can find all of us at That's a Rap Pod. You can find my work on the latest Fearless Beauties and the Marketer's Journey podcast. But until then, everybody, that's a wrap. Does anyone know if Big Baby Davis found his seat yet? I, I'm really <laughs> concerned about him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs>